Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's amazing how quickly the breath can shift you. You know, it's a minute sometimes, and you're just completely different state of mind, completely different physiology. Um, and it's so powerful. And the amazing thing about it is that we can all do it. It's available to us any place, any time. And for now, it's still free. If it was one of those things that you could patent and turn it into money, trust me, pharmaceuticals would be pumping this stuff out. Hello, and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. My name is Poppy Jamie, a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. Today on the show, I have James Dowler, a breathwork practitioner focused on healing the body and mind through breathing. So as mentioned in my last episode, I'm currently focusing on creating interviews that are particularly helpful for us now during COVID-19 anxiety, but also stuff that we can learn that's going to help our lives ongoing. Breathwork has been I can't tell you, pretty life-changing for me over the past few years and managing my stress. I even trained as a breathwork instructor because I've been so impacted by it. I recently had a breathwork session with James and it was one of the best I've ever had. So I'm really excited to bring him on the show today to talk about how breathing could be the best thing we can learn more about during moments of heightened uncertainty. So like with all our interviews, let's kick off with our first three questions. What is your favorite quote at the moment? It's a quote that would have been around for a long time, but I came across it recently and it's by a Sufi teacher called Rumi, who I'm sure a few of your listeners would have heard of. And he writes, run from what's comfortable, forget safety, live where you fear to live, destroy your reputation, be notorious. I've tried prudent planning long enough. From now on, I'll be mad. And how does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think it's it plays to that fact of just moving away from the conditioning in which a lot of us live our lives, in which I lived my life for a long time, and stepping out beyond conditioned for, stepping beyond the masses, stepping into your truth, your individuality. And if that means that some people might perceive you as being slightly strange, slightly mad, then being confident and okay in that. What do you mean by uh, moving away from your conditioning? I can only speak from my experience, but I think that we're living in the culture in which we live and living in Western culture, especially there are certain rules and norms that a lot of us tend to live by and abide by. And a lot of us end up living through that or living 
living other people's truths, living what other people might think is best for them, um, rather than stepping into what feels right for that individual person or feels right for me. I love that. A life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Uh, well, I think in times that we're living in, the coronavirus going on around us, it's got to be uncertainty um, and how there is nothing fixed in life. And I think. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. human nature is to try and control and cling and try and control outcomes try and control what the future might be but life in and of itself is uncertain life in and of itself can at times be quite messy and we don't know what's going to be around the corner so is being grateful for moment to moment day to day and not clinging and holding on to certain outcomes yeah it's so difficult to let go of our need for certainty isn't it but I completely agree this is definitely in these extreme times it really does push us to our limits which I suppose is only going to allow us to grow exactly how do you define happiness so this is an interesting one in that I thought about this a little bit and I think for me it's happiness is living in alignment with and understanding what your life's purpose might be so there have been times in my life where I think I've been happy, but I've still been suffering at the same time. But I've understood the lessons that I've needed to learn and why I was going through that suffering. So I think it's it's having an understanding of what you're going through and why you're going through it. And then moving towards what might be the reason that you have chosen to come into this human life, chosen to exhibit the purpose you're living. How do you think someone can take a step today to even working out what that purpose is because Mm -hmm. it's such a big one everyone's like live your purpose but then I think it's quite difficult to wake up and even know what that is for me the answers tend to lie and this is I think why I'm a breathwork practitioner but in the body and coming into the body and um, listening from your heart and your body Um, so the more you can tune into that I think the greater understanding one might get as to what they're like life's purpose might be or why they might be going through the things they're necessarily going through we tend to be very mind orientated um we tend to live in this sort of state of intellect intellectualizing everything and Mm -hmm. trying to work everything out in the head and when we get caught in that trap things become very confusing um i know i say whenever when anything becomes an intellectual process you can argue it 50 50 percent one way 50 percent the other 
Um, but the more you can tune into your body, the more you can tune into your truth from your body, the more you might start to get a greater understanding of why you're here and what you're here to do. I think that is a brilliant answer and actually really leads us into talking about breathwork because one of the reasons why I found it pretty life-changing out of all of the things that you can do in inverted commas under the mindfulness bracket breathwork is not just a little bit more effective for me it is like going around the block and round the block again that much more effective and I found it I suppose when I was probably in the stage of life when I felt most lost most confused I was own to your point only in my head even if I felt something my brain would be like yeah but but what about this? And again, like the, the intellectualizing everything rather than feeling things. So why do you think breathwork is so important? And I suppose like what is breathwork, if you could start mm-hmm. there? Yeah, maybe let's start with what is breathwork because yeah. it's always an interesting one when you say to people, and like I have this the whole time, I say, you know, I'm a breathwork or I teach breathwork and you have this quite often, this quite confused, baffled look uh, back at you. Um, so I always say there are sort of two components to breathwork. First of all, it's actually learning how to breathe and learning how to breathe moment to moment, day to day. And then second component of that is then learning how to use the breath to to change and shift your physiology and your state of mind. So that first component in terms of learning how to breathe, believe it or not, a lot of people have dysfunctional breathing patterns. There was a study done, I can't remember the year, but there was a study done which showed that 80% of people who exhibited some form of anxiety had a dysfunctional breathing pattern. What that basically means is that, or how it often exhibits, is the breath vacates the belly and it's short, sharp, and shallow in your upper chest. Can you give us an example? So it would, what it would look like on a person is, actually listeners can do this now and they can check in, is if they put a hand on their belly and a hand on their chest, basically two-thirds of our breath should be in our lower belly, in our belly, and then a third should be in our chest. So on the inhale, if you breathe in, you should feel the belly rise and then you should also feel the chest rises, the breath moves up into your chest. But what happens for a lot of people is their breath is only in their chest. It's not necessarily a bad thing that the breath is in your chest. You actually want there to be a little bit of breath in your chest. But when it's only in your breath and it's short, sharp, and shallow, your breath in and of itself can be moving your body into a stress response. Because the important thing to realize is that the rhythm, rate, and depth of your breath is always sending signals to your brain. So if people are breathing the same way they were to breathe if a lion were to walk into the room so i'm exaggerating but short sharp and shallow the whole time then the breath in and of itself can be putting the body into a stress response so the first element of breath work is taking conscious control of the breath and learning how to breathe properly so learning how to breathe using your diaphragm which is the dome-shaped muscle that runs underneath your rib cage underneath your lungs and the best way you can actually find out to see if your diaphragm is working is if Listeners just place their two hands on their lower ribs on the side and just try and breathe using your lower ribs or into your lower ribs. And if you can feel your lower ribs inflate on the inhale, expand on the inhale, and then deflate on the exhale, then that's your diaphragm functioning properly. And when your diaphragm functions properly, your breath will be moving you into what's called your parasympathetic branch of your nervous system, your rest and digest. And at the same time, your diaphragm will be pumping blood around your organs, massaging your organs, and also pumping the lymphatic system as well. So there's lots of benefits to it. But most importantly, in terms of stilling the mind and grounding ourselves in the body, 
the breath, if you're using your diaphragm, helps keep you in that parasympathetic state, that rest and digest branch of your nervous system. And if you're not breathing using your diaphragm, moment to moment, day to day, then your breath in and of itself can be moving you into that stress response. So a lot of people I work with, the first step we do is we look at how they're breathing functioning. We look at how they're breathing moment to moment, day to day. Because even if you're lying on your bed at the end of the day, listening to Iron Audi, a candle on, some nice whale music on, whatever people do to chill out, if you're breathing short, sharp, and shallow and in your upper chest, you will never be able to completely chill out, completely relax, because your breath will always be slightly nudging you into that sympathetic stress response. And the interesting thing is, you know, if you look to, for example, the yogic sutras, when yogis describe states of relaxation, they describe them as these pretty sort of like blissful states. But it's my hypothesis that a lot of us are living in this state of slight chronic tension because we're not breathing functioning optimally moment to moment day to day but we don't actually know how it is to feel completely relaxed to feel completely calm and when we've got all these things going on around us in terms of coronavirus and we already live in pretty chaotic busy pressurized times the last thing that we need is for our breath to not be functioning properly because we don't need our breath to be adding more stress to our mind more stress to our body given what's already going on around us how does the breath then affect the body? Like, how does it connect you more to your body? Yeah, so I'd say in sort of in simple terms, the reason why the breath is so powerful in connecting to the body is that the breath is the only system in the body that's both automatic and under our control. So we can consciously control the breath, and in doing so, we can shift the way the body is functioning. And the reason we can shift the way the body is functioning is the breath is the direct link to something called your autonomic nervous system. So your autonomic nervous system is a system in your body that governs all the automatic processes, your heart rate, digestion, and so on. And there are two branches in your autonomic nervous system, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic. The parasympathetic being your rest and digest, the branch of your nervous system that your body needs to be in for you to feel relaxed, for you to feel calm, and for your body to heal. And then your sympathetic is your body's stress response. So it's the It's the branch of your nervous system that your body goes into when you're stressed, when when you need a bit of energy. We can move you in short, sharp bursts into your sympathetic response to create some energy. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to be in your sympathetic response. You just don't want to be in it the whole time. Why? Why don't you want to be in it the whole time? Because it's very draining on the body. So short sharp bursts of stress are okay it's that's how humans have adapted over time like we take it back to sort of more primordial ages if we were to see a line on the savannas we would go into our body's stress response we secrete adrenaline and cortisol so we could leg it from the line and we could survive which is great it's a, it's a survival response um what isn't necessarily been a good thing is to be in that stress response the whole time because it becomes up very draining on the body. It drains your adrenals. Um, cortisol is shown to suppress the immune response. If you're, in, if you're secreting cortisol over um, a prolonged period of time, and obviously in the times in which we live, you want to have a strong immune system and a strong immunity. Um, but in short, sharp bursts, it's okay. Um, so there's a style of breathing called Wim Hof Method, which actually utilizes the body's stress response so that the body can better process stress in everyday life. So it's breathing in and out through your mouth. And what happens is you move your body into a sympathetic stress response. 
body secretes a little bit of adrenaline and cortisol. But what happens is whilst doing so, your mind recognizes that you're okay, you're in control, you're completely safe. So what? So when something happens in everyday life and your unconscious thought goes, this is something that stresses me out, because your body and mind have become accustomed to processing and dealing the stress in a safe environment, the unconscious thought doesn't shake the mind as much as it would have done previously and the body can process the stress. So you're using the breath to basically strengthen your nervous system, strengthen your capability to be with stress day to day, which doesn't necessarily then mean I always say to people I teach, it doesn't then mean you can go and sit in front of the computer for 23 hours a day and get really, really stressed out if you go and practice this breathing technique. But what it does mean is that we don't all live in the foothills of the Himalayas. We're not all blissing out on a beach. We do live in an environment which is a little bit stressful and we have to be able to adapt and process the what is at times slightly chaotic environment around us. And that does mean building up a little bit of resilience and we can use the breath in certain ways to help us build up that resilience. So do you tell people to take a daily breathwork practice or do you prescribe it more in times of reaction so for example you're feeling really stressed I don't know you're you've been quarantined for 12 days you're Mm. really fucked off now with your housemate (laughs) and you need some breath work to calm down before killing them like at what point do you uh prescribe breath work I think it's both so I always prescribe a daily practice that practice can vary depending on the person depending on what that person's going through um as a general rule of thumb I'd I would, or if someone was in uh, good health, I'd recommend some form of conscious connected breathing practice. So whether that was um, something similar to Wim Hof or what we did together. So it's basically an open mouth breath, um, deep breath in, gently let go. And you do that for 10 minutes, whether that's in the morning or in the evening. And then on top of that, what I always say to my clients and people who I teach is that try and integrate breath work into your life. So there are moments, for example, take London as an example, or any city, actually. Um, If you're on the tube, if you're on the bus, people spend time flicking through their Instagram, people spend time not doing things that are of great value, should we say, when they're commuting, whatever it might be. Use that time to engage in a breath work practice, you know, whether that's slowing your breath down, Um, The more you slow your breath down, the lower you breathe into your belly, the more you'll move into that parasympathetic branch of your nervous system. And there are certain techniques which I always prescribe to people to use sort of moment to moment, day to day, whether that's on the tube, whether that's in meetings, um, whether you're walking the dog. There are so many different ways you can integrate breath work into your life, um, as well as then having a more sort of like formal structured practice, which you might do at the start or at the end of the day. Yeah, can we can we kind of go through a couple of those techniques now? So most basic one would be diaphragmatic breathing, which is sort of what we did at the start, which is breathing low into your belly using your diaphragm. So you can either just breathe into your belly or you can breathe into your lower ribs. I quite like using the lower ribs. So you can literally place your hand on your lower ribs and you just slow the breath down. So deep breath into the lower ribs. And then gently let go. And if you can't feel your lower ribs expand at this stage, don't worry too much about it. You just want to place your awareness there and gently over time, you'll just slowly start to feel an expansion happening. 
And it sort of works on two levels, Liz, because you know, you're using the breath to somatically work within the body to downregulate your nervous system. But the beauty about breath work as well is that it's also an opportunity to start training the mind. So if you can concentrate upon your breath, concentrate upon the lower ribs expanding, you're also then training the quality of concentration of focus and of attention. So it's sort of a double whammy in terms of both downregulating the nervous system, but also training the mind. And then in terms of specific techniques, and so I'll say there are two great ones, um, one which is called coherent breathing and one which is called box breathing. So coherent breathing, it's the simplest breathing technique you'll find, but they've written books about it and the benefits of it. And it's, it's super simple. It's in through the nose, out through the nose, in for six, out for six. So maybe you should just place your hands on your lower ribs and together we'll take it in through the nose. We'll take a deep breath in, two, three, four five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six. And then the other one I'd recommend is something called box breathing, which, again, we can do into the lower ribs. And they actually, the reason this has been widely popularized as its use amongst Navy SEALs who use it in times of combat to help still the mind and bring them into a state of stillness. And that's in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. So into the lower ribs, you take a deep breath in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, Hold, two, three, four. And you can literally just keep on repeating that, going round after round after round until the mind feels a little bit more still, until you feel a little bit more grounded in the body. And then the other beauty about that second practice in box breathing is it also helps balance your gases, oxygen, and carbon dioxide in the body. So there's lots of benefits. But yeah, that's sort of how I recommend just people. And you can do that walking, you can do that, to say on the tube and meetings, wherever it might be. Um, and it's amazing how, that's why, you know, why I do what I do and why I love what I do is it's amazing how quickly the breath can shift you. Um, it doesn't even need to, you know, it's a minute sometimes and you're just completely different state of mind, completely different physiology. Um, and it's so powerful. And the amazing thing about it is that we can all do it. It's available to us any place, any time. And for now, it's still free. Um, and it's one of those funny things and I'm not sort of, uh, it's probably not a good tangent to go off, but if, if it was one of those things that you could patent and turn it into money, trust me, pharmaceuticals would be pumping this stuff out. It's so true. It, the simplest techniques have the most profound impact on our health. Can you speak a little bit to whether you should be aware of feeling lightheaded or what are the kind of like other things you should watch out for when you are breathing uh, or can can it change you so much that you begin to notice anything? I'd say in terms of the techniques we've just done and in terms of the sort of more gentle breathing techniques, it's unlikely that you'll feel a sense of being lightheaded or there being any potential side effects. Um, once you move into the more intense styles of breath work, so your conscious connected breathing, your sort of, it tends to be the styles of breath work where you're basically breathing in, in and out for an open mouth. Um, 
So for listeners, the reason why you would breathe in and out through an open mouth is sort of twofold. First of all, there are physiological benefits in terms of what we were talking about in terms of creating um, a stress response in the body, which helps strengthen your nervous system's ability to process stress. But also when you breathe in and out through an open mouth for an elongated period of time, you start working into the emotional body and also processing emotion in the body, which has a lot of benefits because we carry a lot of emotional baggage in the bodies in our bodies and when you start processing and clearing that the body feels a lot lighter um and things like anxiety which tend to sit in solar plexus when you start clearing that you also tend to feel less of those sort of um inadvertent commas not so nice feelings where are your solar plexus where do you mean you we feel anxiety in the body well people i would say your solar plexus is sort of just above your belly button just below your rib cage in that sort of area so the tummy, that's where we store most of our anxiety. Yeah, so they say that 75% of our unconscious sits in and around your belly, um, which is, again, so when a lot of people start breathing deeply, a lot of people can start feeling stuff emotionally um, because the breath is linked to the, the sort of emotional body, the physical body being one. When you start breathing deeply into the physical body, you also start accessing the emotional body as well. And when you start accessing the emotional body, you can start processing and clearing a lot of stuff of the body. So this is actually the reason why I became so obsessed with breath work, because I went along not really knowing what to experience. And when I say I went along, I went to a, a breath work class. And this is what, James, you hold private ones and group ones. Mm. Um, and I'll put all of that information in the show notes. Uh, but... I went along and this actually was in America. So I started doing this breathing that James has been telling us about. And I kid you not, I cried for two hours and I wasn't even upset about anything. It wasn't like I was, I knew what I was upset about and that's why I was crying. It was just this most bizarre feeling because all these tears were coming down. I was thinking to myself, where are these tears coming from? And that's when I realized, you know, you can think this is quite woo-woo. You can say, oh, yeah, emotional body, eye roll, our emotions are in the body. But when you have an experience like this, it's so confirming that we store all of the trauma that we've experienced. And this is why it was just such a profound experience for me. So I can testify that this this really does work. Can you kind of um, give us an example of that mouth breathing like how does it do mm. and like maybe we can hear you do it yeah so just to be I guess clear is that this sort of what I call conscious connected breathing is very different from the styles of breathing we were just describing in terms of what you were doing what you might do on the tube or what you might do in a meeting you definitely don't want to be open mouth breathing moment to moment day to day but the reason you engage in the modality of breath work called conscious connected breathing is that as you were alluding to, we all carry emotional baggage in the bodies, in our bodies. And as we go through our lives, and especially living in Western culture today, quite busy, chaotic, pressurized times, we can often get triggered into what is called our sympathetic stress response that we were talking about earlier. And when that happens, your body tenses up, your breath shortens and contracts, and the emotion you're then feeling at the time can't be processed. It tends to be things like fear, worry, anxiety. And what happens over a period of time is we have this build-up, this accumulation of emotional stress in the body that then results in things like anxiety because the nervous system has been so triggered over a period of time, depression because the mind literally has to depress the feeling of discomfort in the body, 
or even physical ailments appearing in the body that doctors seemingly can't explain. A lot of it can be because of this buildup, this accumulation of emotional stress in the body. So I had chronic fatigue, chronic pain. It wasn't until I dealt with that underlying emotional stress that a lot of those symptoms then started to alleviate. So when we engage in conscious connected breathing, we're using the breath as a vehicle to process that which hasn't yet been processed. So it's a little bit like opening up the emotional filing cabinet and giving it a good scrub with the breath. So as you would have experienced in your session and as people experience in their sessions, physiologically, you might feel things like pins and needles. You might feel tingliness. You might get hot. You might get cold. This is sort of energy moving in the body is what they refer to in yoga as prana, Chinese medicine as chi, Japan, ki, sort of best translates as life force energy. But then you can also start feeling stuff emotionally. So some people feel a little bit sad. Some people feel a little bit anxious. Some people feel blissfully ecstatic. There's no necessary right or wrong. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's carrying different charge, different baggage, whatever you want to label it. And every time you breathe, it's slightly different. But the only thing that really matters is that you surrender to your breath, you surrender to your experience. And you sort of, you let your breath connect you to that sort of higher healing intelligence that lies within the body and then start processing that stuff that we all carry. And we all carry stuff. It's part of being human. And it's amazing what we do carry and how amazing it can feel to start clearing that stuff. And the breath is just an amazing, it's the best vehicle and tool that I've found to start working into the emotional body and clearing all of that stuff. And I think the thing that really is, does it for me and is really poignant and is um, the guy who basically created or conceived conscious connected breathing was a guy called Stanislav Grof who uh, conceived a style of breath called holotropic breath work, which is basically now a school of conscious connected breathing. And he was a psychotherapist in the 60s. And he very famously said that his clients could write PhDs on why they had the problems they had. So they had like the Oedipus complex, they had attachment theory, their mum did this when they were 16. And they had a perfect intellectual understanding of why they exhibited the behaviors they exhibited. But it wasn't until they engaged in a somatic practice like breath work that a lot of those symptoms then started to alleviate which isn't me saying that there isn't a place for psychotherapy. I think psychotherapy is amazing. I've done a foundation in it, and I think I will probably go on to train as a psychotherapist if I can combine psychotherapy with breath work. But there is an importance in understanding that the body carries emotional charge, and until we start working into the body somatically, then we can have a perfect intellectual understanding of what's going on and why we feel the way we feel, but we do need to work into the emotional body as well to start clearing the stuff that we carry. And for me, breath work and specifically conscious connected breathing is the best tool that I've found to start working into the emotional body. Can you give us an example of what is a conscious connected breath? Yeah, of course. So maybe it's just easier if I do it. So listeners can actually do it, do it with me. So if you just open your mouth nice and wide and just relax your jaw, so bring your jaw from side to side up and down and all it is it's a deep breath in and you gently let go so together let's take a deep breath in and then gently let go deep breath in gently let go so it's a deep breath in through the mouth gently let go out of the mouth deep breath in gently let go Deep breath in, gently let go. And in the session where you typically do one-on-one or in a group, 
I would basically guide the session. I'd guide the breath. I'd guide the speed of the breath. I might slow it down. I might speed it up depending on how quickly we want to work. And as you start to move into that um, conscious connected breath over a period of time, the breath starts working deeply into the body, deeply into the emotional body and starts to process that, which we all carry. And do you think that it's okay for people to do this conscious connected breath at home by themselves or would you recommend finding an instructor i mean how do you advise people start doing this so i'd I'd say in an ideal world find an instructor if you can Um, find a teacher and ask for a bit of guidance um, see how they teach it and go from there and there are plenty around the world now um I wouldn't recommend working and using the breath to work into the emotional body on your own um, at home to start off with. But if you do want to sort of start to get an understanding of the breath working deeply into the body on a visceral level, then you can look up a guy called Wim Hof and check out the courses that he does. Um, And you won't work into the emotional body, but you will start creating a big physiological shift in your body using an open mouth breath. So that could be a good starting point if you couldn't find anyone else around you. Otherwise, there will always be people around you now because we have technology. You can always reach out to people. Um, There are plenty of breath workers around um, and plenty of amazing ones as well. So, yeah. So you've been focused on events, um, specifically mainly in London. You may be Mm. going to doing some special ones in the States. What have you found in your sessions that you're seeing? I think the reason that what I see in my sessions and why I think people resonate so much to practice and gain so much benefit from it is people don't realize how it actually feels to be still and how how it actually feels to be in their bodies. And when you engage in this modality of breath work, the other thing that happens is that you dial down a part of your brain called your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that uh, sits at the front and it's the part of your brain that does all the thinking and does all the wiring. And living in the cultures in which we live, a lot of people, well, if, even if you're just sitting in front of a computer all day, you're constantly using your mind, you're constantly using that part of your brain. And so it tends to be dialed up very high. And when you dial that down, bring it back into a state of balance and also bring people into their bodies using the breath, you create this very deep embodied sense of stillness and presence that people perhaps often have never touched before in their lives and don't actually recognize that they can feel like that, like they can actually lie there and not have endless thoughts going through their mind or actually just feel a sense of peace and calm that they might never have felt before. Um, And I think that's what I see, especially teaching in London and especially teaching in studios in central London as well as people coming in from workplaces, people coming in from an end of a long, busy week and looking for a sense of stillness and peace that they otherwise don't necessarily touch outside of breathwork sessions yeah I would just say when I had my session um with James it was this piece that I feel I hadn't accessed in months and I work in mindfulness and I personally think it's so much more effective than meditation because sometimes it will take you 10 years to get to that level of peace that breath work allows you to access and it was I didn't I didn't I didn't want to stop I and it it, it made me see Jesus how unpeaceful I, I lead my life like <laughs> in the other moments that's exactly it it's that sense of peace it's that sense of tranquility um and it's that sense of 
I think connection as well, but connection to self. There's the other interesting thing that happens when you engage in conscious connection breathing is you dial up a part of your brain called your limbic system, which is your sort of more emotional, intuitive side of your brain that sits at the back. And I definitely feel this is that I, I feel a sense when I breathe and when I speak to other people who come to my classes, they feel like they come back into themselves or they get great clarity on confusing things that are going on in their life, whether that's more existential questions or actually just a sense of clarity around relationships and what they want to be doing in their life. And I think there's something really poignant in breathwork being able to tap into that sort of deeper, more primordial part of yourself where you get that sense of clarity and you move beyond the rational overthinking mind and into that more emotional, intuitive understanding of who you are, what your values are and where you want to take your life. And you also focus on working quite a lot with men, am I right? Mm. And what are your kind of, can you speak to that? I, I mean, the majority of my client base and who come, people who come to my classes aren't men, are women. So it's probably uh, 90% women, 10% men. But I do, as you're right, I say I, I focus on trying to reach out to men. So um I, I run um monthly men's breathwork sessions um now and the reason for this and the reason i'm sort of trying to get more men into breathwork is that i see breathwork as a really great avenue and gateway into men starting to move into and understand their emotions and their emotional body mm-hmm. because breathwork unlike other perhaps um emotional or spiritual practices breathwork has there are a lot of very um, physiological benefits, which I always think is great in terms of being able to get men into a more, say, sort of emotional practice um, in terms of downregulating the nervous system, in terms of heart rate variability, which is great for performance, uh, stimulating the vagus nerve, loads of physiological benefits to breath work. So I think there's a great avenue and potential in getting men into this practice. And also because there is a very visceral feeling when you get from breath work, you can feel the benefit straight away. Um, and I think for people who perhaps not necessarily as innately open to these sort of practices, it's very difficult to get someone to do something like meditation when they can't feel anything that's really going on and telling them stick with it. You'll feel the benefits in a few years time. Breath work, you feel it like that it's straight away. So I think there's a real potential in being able to get, um, men into a practice which gets them in touch with their emotional body um and obviously being a dude myself uh i've seen the benefit that it's given me so i just want to share that with as many people as possible amazing um well thank you so much um i would love to finish with um our sentence round awesome the first thing in the morning i do breath work (laughs) before i go to sleep i do breath work Best piece of advice I've been given is? Maintain your practice and wait for the opportunity to arise. The book I recommend the most is? Amazing, amazing book. Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. When I feel insecure, I? I I breathe into the sensation in my body that's creating me, that's creating that feeling of insecurity. And I try and slowly let it dissipate. As I've gotten older, I've realised that uh the more i learn the less i know oh that's a good one (laughs) if you really knew me you would know but i'm still on a big healing journey myself i think there's that slight 
illusion of a lot of us have or that misconception that students have of their teachers that they've all got it on lockdown and everything's sweet but there's definitely still a big healing journey that I'm on as all of us are. James thank you so much I can't express how much this episode has even relaxed me since we've been talking (laughs) and it's one of those things that it's so simple it's breathing but yeah we forget about it so quickly so true yeah it's the simplest but the most powerful tool there is out there and we can all do it for completely free anytime any place anywhere so how do we find you and how do we experience you? Can you, I know obviously events are probably not happening. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it's a little bit up in the air at the moment with what's going on around uh, us, but the best place to find me is Instagram brief with James website is brief with James um, classes and events are off at the moment, but you will see the list of classes and studios I teach in on my website, um, which will be back up and running once this all blows through and i am also doing um free online breathwork sessions group sessions um whilst we go through this rather strange period um on tuesday and thursday evenings at six o'clock um i'm just trying to get as many people to tune in to practice together to come together and then guide a breathwork session for half an hour um and then people can share their experience how they found it and the thing they want to share in terms of what's going on for them i just want to create a community of people practicing coming together at this rather strange time um and i'm still doing breathwork sessions one-to-one online um and then once this all blows through they'll go back to being face-to-face I'll put James's Instagram in the show notes. So if anyone's experiencing anxiety of any sort, I really do recommend seeking out James, seeking out breathwork because it is very effective. Thank you so much and speak to you soon. Thanks, Buffy. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 